0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
2: In Carlin ESPN radio and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance, Eagles, Chiefs, Super Bowl 57. You just heard Merrill Reese. You just heard Mitch Holthus out in Kansas City. Wow. And listen. First of all, Carlin, a couple things I got to say about this game. Number one, the Andy Reid Bowl.
3: Yeah. A coach we've never seen have 100 wins with two different organizations. 14 years in Philly, 10 years with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, obviously, these these next couple of weeks is going to mean a lot to Andy Reid. Also, a little bit of history, Super Bowl 57, the first Super Bowl matchup with two black quarterbacks, Carlin. That's great. It, It speaks volumes in terms of how far the league has come in terms of creating opportunities for black players to play the most important position in all of team sports.
2: Listen, with, with when I saw that and and I didn't even realize that it was the case. I, I, it just it speaks so much to the fact that we still have to sit here and talk about how great uh, Jalen Hurts is, and they talk about system quarterback and yep. all that stuff. I still think that at times there are... Some dog
3: whistles. Yeah. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. There are some dog whistles. There are some coded language in there because it's in a non-traditional sense. We don't want to attribute the team's success to what Jalen is doing from a productivity standpoint. We we don't want to acknowledge it, Carlin. Nobody wants to talk about, wow, this guy had 35 total touchdowns to only eight turnovers. Over the last five years, only three other quarterbacks had more touchdowns and eight turnovers or fewer. And all three of those quarterbacks won MVPs. We don't want to give that to Jalen Hurts or we're reluctant to assign him that level of stardom in part because of, you know, how it looks. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the sad part in yesterday's win for the Philadelphia Eagles because when you look at the box score, the numbers don't pop out at you like they do for Pat Mahomes with the Kansas City Chiefs. But Jalen Hurts was every bit as impactful in terms of dictating to the defense like Pat Mahomes was yesterday yesterday. And he won't get credit for his team punching their ticket to the Super Bowl like Pat Mahomes will get credit. But, Carlin, you said it before, these are the best two quarterbacks in terms of the seasons they've put together this year
2: in the NFL. So how do you start to see this matchup as we're looking forward? Just the initial thoughts as you look at it, because I have mine and I'm – I'm very curious to see what you're thinking about all this. Well, physicality wins this
3: time of year. And I said this about the Eagles coming into this matchup against San Francisco. I thought that they were the more physical of the two teams. Now, it was close, but I thought the edge goes to Philly in the trenches on both sides of the ball. The defensive line for the Eagles led the NFL in sacks. They had 70 sacks on the season, Carlin. And you saw that pass rush show up yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it knocked Brock Purdy out in what? I mean, the first series of the game? you're talking about him having a UCL injury, Hassan Redick with that forced fumble, and Limville Joseph recovers it. And,
2: and basically almost the same kind of play that ended up knocking Josh Johnson out.
3: Well, yeah, but that was in Dominican too. Yeah. Think about the depth that Philadelphia has on their defensive line. Uh, and, and so when you look at those players, the fact that their defensive line can attack offensive lines and quarterbacks in, in, in waves, and then you look at the offensive line and how they dominate the point of attack in the run game, and how they create a clean pocket for Jalen Hurts in the passing game, I don't know how you could look at the matchup between these two teams and not give the edge to the Philadelphia Eagles. About the only place that the Kansas City Chiefs
2: might have an edge is with the coach and with the quarterback. That's it. Katya Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app right now, we welcome in the coach. Who knows the thing or two? about both these organizations. He is Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst, who joins us. Just first of all, given your history with these two organizations, just take me through what yesterday was like.
4: Well, it was uh, was interesting, but the worst one even before these two organizations was Philly against San Francisco, believe it or not, because of my relationship with John Lynch, Uh right? I mean, he's the godfather of our son. And we're the Godfather of his one of his daughters named Leah, so I had to call him after the game yesterday and condole him and say, man, you got in the fist fight where you didn't you you had no shot when you lost both those quarterbacks. It was hard to watch, right and yeah. I think the n f l needs to do something about that too, since we're thinking about quarterbacks. They need to activate that third guy and just say, hey, "Look, we gotta keep a third quarterback cause that's that's bad football when you gotta mm. do what those guys had to do right I mean it, it's just it was hard to watch, pretty.
2: but it was not pretty." <laughs>
4: No, and so um, – but the other two organizations, uh, you're right. Um, my first job uh, in the NFL after I retired uh, from, from playing, I was at San Jose State for about three years, and they hired me uh, as a scout, Lamar Hunt. I, I'll never forget that, as a scout slash coach. And Marty Schottenheimer was the head coach, and Bill Cower was the coordinator, and Tony Dungy was on that staff in the Bruce area. So we had a, a pretty, good, pretty good, good staff of coaches that I could learn from. And so that, that that takes me to that staff, and then from there, obviously I went down to Tampa with Tony and then went to New York to become the head coach, but then the Philly connection that's that's where that's where I played, you know and um Those Philly fans were really good yesterday. Oh, no doubt about (laughs) it. it. They were fired up about it, Herm. It was fired up. It was (laughs) great to
3: see. I mean, they were out there razzing Joey Bosa because he had a San Francisco 49ers jacket on because he was rooting (laughs) for his brother there at the stadium. And the, the Philly fans are equal opportunists. They'll let anybody have it, Herm. Uh, But I want to ask you about uh, the organization as a whole, Herm, because we spent a lot of time talking about Jalen Hurts, and rightfully so because of the leap that he made from year one to year two. And I think that's an organizational success. But an organizational success that nobody else is talking about is the development of their second-year head coach in Nick Sirianni. I mean, the first year they go to the playoffs, this year they're in the Super Bowl. Talk a little bit about the job that Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie have done in developing their head coach and their quarterback for the future.
4: Well, I think you know they've been fortunate. Uh, when you think about both those those guys you just mentioned, uh, Andy Reid was there for a long period of time, and I think they saw the growth of Andy Reid. You know, Andy ended up leaving, obviously, and going to Kansas City. And but but I, I think they've done a remarkable job with this young man. And you know, he, he comes from a coaching tree. His dad was a coach, and uh, I think to be in that market in Philadelphia, it takes a certain type of coach. He has the personality that that meets the Philadelphia fan. They they, they they like that. They like a guy like that, right? I know that because I played there. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think his development, as you said, he's gotten his team along with his coaching staff to the Super Bowl. But, but but I know this, the development of the quarterback has been something that we all looked at and went, wow. I mean, this guy has come a long way from last year when we thought, hey, pretty good athlete. Eh, you know, not real accurate throwing the football, and, and that has changed. Leadership qualities we understood what that was all about, and I thought yesterday in the game, the in-game adjustments they made uh, on the RPOs where they you know created a trips formation and got them to line up on that side the, the strength of the of the of the defense mm-hmm. and then ran to the weak side and pulled the center Kelsey, that was the game mm-hmm. That was the game then, so I didn't found a way to run the football and, and it was it was a good it was, it was good by the coaching staff to do that.
2: Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Uh, Herm, with Mahomes, is there, mm. listen, we all look at it. We see him banged up. We see the incredible performance. But as you are watching and evaluating what he is doing, what is it that stands out to you about a performance like that?
4: Well, his competitive desire. I mean, and that's the one thing he's always said, he loves to compete. And we saw it yesterday, a guy on a bad foot, really. But his arm talent and strength tells you a lot. Being a former baseball player obviously has helped him to make some of those throws without using his legs. But it, you know what? It didn't surprise me. <laughs> I mean, I heard all week, say, well, he might not play. I said, are you kidding me? This guy's playing. I mean, come on. He's going to play in this game. I mean, there's no way. And the way he played, I mean, played from the pocket most of the game. And then when he didn't get out of there on that last play, you know, he made some scramble. And it's unfortunate the kid pushed him and got a foul and put him in field goal range. But, look, anything this guy does, not surprising. Because remember this. He lost one of his best receivers, right? And we thought, well, they're in trouble now. Guess what? Then he lost a couple guys in the game. It didn't matter. He makes players better, and that's what great quarterbacks do. He has that presence. He has that uh, inspiration that he gives to the football team. When you look at your quarterback, this dude can't run, and he's out here playing in the championship game, and and all those other players that think they're hurt, they look at their quarterback. That gives them inspiration.
3: Herm, yesterday, uh, Ron Torbert and his crew didn't necessarily have the best day officiating Whoa. in that, that AFC championship game. I mean, you're talking about the Bengals doubling up on the Chiefs in total penalties. The Chiefs were able to have three first downs due to penalties. You had that first possession in the fourth quarter for Kansas City where you had the third and nine do over. And then you had a, a, a holding penalty on Eli Apple that gave him a fresh set of downs as a head coach. How do you manage that type of situation where the officiating seems one-sided in a ball game?
4: Yeah, it's hard. And, and your players start, you know, you know and then all of a sudden the players are starting to make excuses and it's going the other way. You know, then they're worried about the call and you got to try to play through it. But in the games of this magnitude, let me tell you something, guys. You watched that first game too now. That Philly San Francisco game that wasn't that not all cut and dry either. No, that wasn't crisp. <laughs> you, know, the couple, you know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe those fishers got nervous and said, "Well, we we better figure this out because we're in Philly." <laughs> but, you know, it was we one of those games out. you look at. <laughs> right. <laughs> it to, you know, they used to have their old jail in the old bed. They don't have a jail.
2: <laughs> i tell you what, though. It would be a race to the airport that's like 10 minutes away from there.
4: Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, and that's always hard, you know, when the officiating starts going one way. And those poor guys, I've always said this about officials, man. They never have a home game. You know, that's the problem with those poor guys. They walk into the stadium and somebody's booing them if they make a call. But, you don't want to see that uh, in in championship. You don't want to see it at all, but but in, in games of that magnitude, you know, you want those guys for the most part. Let them play, warm, and you know this. You're a former player, you know. Talk to the official, the official. Hey man, come on. You know, he got or he'll come over and talk to you the head coach. Hey, tell the left tackle he's got to move up, whatever, before they start throwing flashes. You don't want it to be marred like that.
2: Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst, with us. Herm, we're seeing a lot of younger coaches, guys who are in their jobs one, two, three years now, who are into mm-hmm. uh the Super Bowl. Just what yeah. do you make of the trend of these guys getting there quicker?
4: Well, uh, you know, obviously the the hiring of, of, of what owners are looking for because it all it takes is it started with our guy in uh, in uh with the Rams, right? Young yeah. guy and you know, inspirational and can, can relate to the players of today's generation. A lot of more offensive guys can 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 develop a system around the quarterback rather than just saying this is my system. I'll build a system around the quarterback. Those guys are getting opportunities, and obviously, when they're successful, they continue to get more opportunities. And that's kind of like the now, and we've seen it. You know, we, we the era that, that that I got hired in when Tony was the head coach at, at, at Tampa there was a the defensive, there was a defensive movement. A lot of defensive coaches, Bobby Smith, Rod Marinelli, uh, Mike Tomlin, myself, we were all defensive guys on the mm-hmm. defensive side of the ball. And, you know, then it, then it swung a little bit to, to offensive guys. Now it's offensive guys that are young guys, you know. And so, and I say young, they're in their mid-40s, and some of these guys are in their 30s, you know. And, and so, it's just part of this trend in the league.
3: Talking with ESPN NFL analyst and former NFL coach Herm Edwards on Canteen and Carlin. And Herm, we got history being made in the Super Bowl because it's the Whoa. first Super Bowl matchup where we have two black quarterbacks. So what does it say about the NFL in this particular era of uh, the National Football League where you're able to have two black quarterbacks, starters in the Super Bowl?
4: Well, you appreciate what I'm getting ready to say. Um, I, I want to come to a point so we, we don't have to say that that we got two black quarterbacks. You know, it's ironic when you, when you bring this up because every head coaching job I've ever had, I was the first black head coach. Mm. And the NFL has done a great job, obviously, of, of, of you know creating an environment where all players can compete, and that's and that's sports. You should be able to compete. And I can remember <laughs> when Marlon Briscoe. Some of these people that are younger don't know who Marlon Briscoe is. Mm -hmm. Marlon Briscoe and James Shaq Harris. Yep. When I came in the league in 1977, and I said, man, there's two black quarterbacks. That was 1977, not 1957. And what even makes it even more interesting, in 1977, there was only seven black coaches in the whole league. So have we come a long way? Yeah. But I want to get to the point to where we don't have to say, hey, guess what? Two black quarterbacks that are playing in the Super Bowl. Just, just the quarterbacks. And we don't have to say but But I get it. It's history. But I come from a different era where those guys couldn't play quarterback when they came in the league. Yep. They changed their positions. And now it's different, right? And you know this. You've been in locker rooms. It's different. And I just want to get to the point. I know it's history and the NFL wants to make a big deal out of it, but I don't want to make a big deal out of it because they're quarterbacks. And It doesn't matter if he's black, white, green, I don't care anymore. He's the quarterback.
2: Herm, great stuff. We appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Appreciate you both. Thank you. Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst. It's not all that long ago. That just kind of triggered something. We're, we're talking about all of these black quarterbacks that they're wanting to change the position before they even go. Man, it happened to Lamar Jackson with Bill Polian. Didn't it happen with Jalen Hurts, too? A little bit that they talked about it. A little bit with Jalen Hurts, but I remember the conversation
3: being front and center with Lamar Jackson coming out of Louisville in 2018. Yep. And Bill Polian said, you know, a guy with his athleticism, his speed, should consider switching to wide receiver. I don't know that he's ever going to have the accuracy to be an effective NFL quarterback. And two years later, the guy's the MVP of the league. I mean it just it just goes to show you some of those attitudes are still pervasive around the National Football League but it's not as prominent as it once was Carlin and I think that that's the symbolism behind the Super Bowl matchup between Mahomes and Jalen Hurts that we've come a long ways in terms of judging players at the quarterback position off of their merits what they bring to the table and not necessarily looking at it from a standpoint of this guy doesn't fit the prototype or the traditional mold of what a leader or a CEO of a billion-dollar organization should look like.
2: Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, benefits, and one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers, apply online today. I cannot wait for this game because I have got such, such a strong feeling about what's going to happen. oh And I, I'll be honest with you. I have only had this feeling about a particular matchup w- in a Super Bowl once in my entire life where I felt this level of conviction in what I'm going to say. Mm. And the only other time I had it was – the Denver-Seattle Super Bowl, where the Legion of Boom just embarrassed Peyton Manning. Oh, that was an ass-whipping. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I thought from all the two weeks leading up to it, that uh, that was going to be just that, an uh-huh. ass-whipping. And it was. <laughs> I feel the exact same way right now about this game. And we will get into that in just moments. Also, Canty, finally I get to be Mr. Positive. The top five things we saw this weekend in the two championship things. No, I don't have to give you the bottom five this time. I don't have to be Mr. Negative. No, no, no. I'm mister Fatheaded Sunshine. And you'll hear the top five next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. eligible items only exclusions apply
0: ten seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on Shopify <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business
2: with two teams going to the Super Bowl, but it may sometimes be a little bit difficult to pick out five, maybe the top five things that you saw this weekend. Yeah, well, guess what it was. It was not. It was not. Yeah, not at all. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, let's roll. Which
1: teams were great? a at the 15, 10, 5, touchdown. What player was not? Does he hang on? Intercepted. He couldn't he hang on. on. This is the NFL Top 5. Bottom 5. Is Carlin with the top five. Number five.
2: Number five is Marquez Valdez Scandling. What a job he did. I mean, think about all the guys that were down for the Chiefs yesterday. Yeah. I looked up and Marcus Kemp is playing for the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs. And one word came to mind Who? Oh, Marcus Kemp? I mean, I had Noah Gray over one-and-a-half catches, and I'm begging for the backup tight end to get another catch, but I can't because they're throwing it to Marquez Valdez-Scanley. What a job he did, though. In all seriousness, a guy who all year only had 42 catches, can't he six for 116, with everybody else getting hurt in that game. Meikle Hardman goes down. Kadarius Toney goes down. Juju goes down, and they still get it done. Yes, a lot of it's because of Mahomes. But give Valdez Scandling an awful lot of credit for being a big, big part of that win yesterday. Number four. The Eagles offensive line. Mm. It is just the best in football. And they showed again why. 148 yards rushing. And you might think, well, look, they only averaged. 3.4 a carry. That's because the Eagles were able to run it 44 times. (laughs) Now, Granted, the game late, they're trying to kill the clock, doesn't matter. Yeah. 44 times. Mm, That mm, group mm. is about as good as it gets. And only gave up one sack for zero yards lost on Jalen Hurts yesterday. I can't wait to watch the matchup between the Eagles offensive line and the Chiefs' defensive line
1: number three, which
2: brings us to Chris Jones. Chris Jones was the best player on the field yesterday. Yes, and I he understand was. that Patrick Mahomes was there, but overall, Chris Jones dominated that game from the get-go. Yeah, and it's not just the fact that he had two sacks, Canty. Six quarterback pressures, five quarterback hits. Yeah, Chris Jones was a beast, and for those who had forgotten or didn't even realize. Amidst all the Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons discussion, that's another guy that is a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year. Yesterday, you saw why. Carlin, how many sacks, how many pressures did Chris Jones have yesterday? He had two sacks, six six pressures, and five quarterback hits. Now,
3: that's despite being double teamed on 31 of the 38 dropbacks that he was pass rushing on. Another fun fact for Chris Jones – Since week 10, 44 pressures, 44 pressures calling the most by any interior defensive lineman in all of football. He is
2: an absolute monster. And and I'll tell you what, you're not wrong, and I'm not going to put him quite on that level yet, but you're not wrong to have that discussion with him and A.D. Aaron Donaldson. Oh, he's right
3: there, Carlton, and guess what? He's going to be right there in pay scale this
2: offseason. Yes, he is. He's about to get a bag of money. He is right on that Aaron Donald level. Number two. You know, it's going to get overlooked in the game, but it was an incredibly important play from this standpoint. The Devontae Smith play down the sideline where we saw after a couple of replays that he didn't catch the ball Mm -hmm. in the first quarter, on the first Eagles drive on that fourth and three. Well, the most important part of it was that they got to the line of scrimmage very quickly. Because if you saw, Smith got up and he made a signal with both of his fists together. And yes. he kept pounding them together. And that means everybody hurry up. I'm not sure that I caught that ball. Let's see if we can make this happen. So credit him and Nick Siriani for having that signal and all of that in place. And what happens? They end up scoring a touchdown. Is it controversial because of that? Sure, but they did what they're supposed to do. And frankly, the fact that they did not have that, that New York instant replay thing that they've talked about, sure. it was because on those first few angles, you couldn't tell it looked like he caught the ball. Yeah, and then he gave nobody time, not the league officials
3: in Park Avenue, not the people up in the booth for the San Francisco 49ers. Nobody had an opportunity to look at the multiple angles that the camera crew from Fox had on that play. Mm-hmm. To determine that Devontae Smith did in fact trap the ball. So good on Nick Sirianni, good on Devontae Smith for executing. That's a sign of a well-coached team. Carlin, in big games like this, you gotta create your own breaks. And that was an example of the
2: Philadelphia Eagles doing that. Absolutely. Number one. How uh, can I give it to anybody else but Patrick Mahomes? Ooh. When when you do what you what he did yesterday, 326 yards, two touchdowns, another Super Bowl appearance. This is now three. Before the age of twenty, or by the age of twenty-seven, what he is accomplishing these days is the stuff of legends. And look, he's still going to be climbing his way up, and we're never going to be able to talk about him on the Brady level. I don't think for seven Super Bowls, but I will. I mean, we'll see. There's a lot. There's a lot of runway. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I'm just not counting on it because. At some point, water has to seep its le- seek its level, right? But that has more to do with the salary cap than anything else. I'm looking at what he did yesterday on one leg, and can't he put it perfectly earlier? Patrick Mahomes on one leg is better than probably about 20 to 25 quarterbacks in the league.
3: Let me ask you this question, Carlin. If Pat Mahomes doesn't catch Tom Brady, can we still not talk about him as potentially being the greatest quarterback of all time? If he doesn't catch Tom Brady with the ring count, Can we still have that conversation?
2: Yeah, I think down the line we can have that conversation. I think it depends on where we end up on a lot of fronts. Sure. Um, There's no question that you could say the greatest quarterback of all time or the best quarterback of all time, and they would be two different things.
3: I don't even know if we have to parse between the two, though, Carlin, because I know it's a different sport, but if you look at the NBA, Michael Jordan doesn't have the most amount of rings of any individual player. He doesn't. No. Bill Russell. Okay, but nobody looks at Bill Russell as being the greatest player to have ever graced the hardwood. No, he's, and, he's and, a and and top I'm, five player. And, but no, yeah. he's a top five player, but he's, he's not Michael Jordan. And I guess my question would be, could we have that same conversation at the end of Pat Mahomes' career? Could that be a possibility? He's already tied Tom Brady for the most playoff wins through their first six seasons. They're tied at 10, and he's still got one more playoff game to go. Carlin. We've never seen anything quite like Pat Mahomes. There's nothing at the quarterback position that he can't do at an extremely high level. He's the most skilled quarterback we've ever seen. Yep.
2: he. Period. He, that is irrefutable. The most, most skilled, skilled quarterback we've ever seen. No question. Seen. No question about that. And that's what I was talking about. Again, it's parsing. Greatest versus best. He will be the best quarterback of all time. I don't know if he'll... Be able to be the greatest well, if just simply based on it's so hard to do it, Brady.
3: But does. if he keeps having moments like we saw yesterday yes. and moments like we saw last year against the Buffalo Bills or moments like we saw in the Super Bowl against the 49ers being down double digits mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter and coming back and winning, if he keeps having moments despite missing his top three receivers, despite being on one leg, We're going to talk about Pat Mahomes in the same breath as Tom Brady if he continues this level of productivity.
2: Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. The strong feelings that we have on Super Bowl 57 at first look. One of us doesn't think this is going to be even close. We'll explain.
1: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
0: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
3: Did you see him fired up after the game? Yeah. <laughs> by this team going to the Super Bowl? I thought it was a flex for the Eagles to come out with little Uzi Vert leading them on the field. Now, I know you're not a big Lil Uzi Vert fan. But or, I knew who he was. I, knew, I know you know who he is. I'm not a yeah. big fan of his music either, but I know who he is. It's just like the Eagles had all of the stars out of the game. Like, yeah. like Joel Embiid and Kevin Hart, the side-by-side picture. Yep. Classic. <laughs> Absolutely classic. Like we joke about me and you being twins, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, no, no. That's the real-life example Yeah, of that. that's a yeah, great that point. That was fun. Bradley Cooper.
2: Uh, I, I, all right, I've seen it. Yeah, enough
3: Bradley, the, Bradley Cooper in the owner's box yeah. with Jeffrey Lurie. I don't I know. It. That doesn't move the needle yeah, for me. Yeah,
2: that was not exactly you in the parking lot at Silver Linings playbook, yeah, Bradley. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. But you know where the 49ers messed up, Carlin? Mm. It wasn't asking a tight end to block Hassan Reddick on a passing down <laughs> on the a, first a, drive.
2: A backup tight
3: end. Uh, back Tyler Croft, <laughs> yes. to be specific. It was not hate on Tyler that, that Croft wasn't That wasn't, that wasn't the okay. biggest mistake. <laughs> That people associated with the 49ers made. You know the biggest mistake that happened? Mm. When they got to town over the weekend, they went to the Rocky statue at the Art Museum steps and put on a 49ers hat and a 49ers scarf and the championship belt that had the 49ers logo on it. That's where they messed up, Carlin.
2: It's so amateur. That, that's where it happened. Uh, all those that's
3: that's the moment it went left for the Forty ers v- The
2: visiting fans always do that, and it's the dumbest thing ever. It's <laughs> the dumbest thing ever. Kenton Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speaker.
3: But to be I, clear, what Kyle Shanahan did was dumb in asking Tyler Croft to one-on-one yes, block. Hassan Regan, who was second in the NFL this year in sacks, Carl. Let's put it this way. Behind Nicky Bow, Like, he was second in sacks. Yeah. And you're going to block him with a tight end? Uh, Tyler. That's a good way to get your quarterback knocked out of the game.
2: I, I, I called Tyler's games at, at Rutgers. Yeah. Blocking was not a specialty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave so it at that. So
3: what you're saying is he's not a trained killer when it comes to blocking.
2: He's not George Kittle. <laughs> he's not George Kittle. Uh, Canty, I have to tell you. What's up? Within five minutes of the game ending last night, I had already made up my mind as to what's going to happen.
3: Which game ending?
2: The, the game between the uh, Chiefs and the uh, Bengals. It took you that long to make up your mind? It did. Okay. I was surprised it took that long. I, I, was, I was confused it took that long for you. Canty, the Eagles are going to blow the doors off the Chiefs. And, and when Ooh. I say blow the doors off, do I mean 45-6? No.
3: So it's it's not going to look like what the Broncos-Seahawks Super Bowl looked I, like at MetLife Stadium. I don't Stadium. think
2: so. I wouldn't rule it out, but I don't think so. <laughs> I think the Chiefs will put up more points than Peyton Manning did that day. Mm-hmm. But, Canty, let's just be clear. Top to bottom, you have a much better roster, 1 through 53. They are very healthy. They have a couple of dominant units, including the best of offensive line in all of football. They have two, one great receiver, one really, really good receiver, a pretty darn good tight end, a pretty good running back, an exquisite quarterback with how he played, defensive line that comes at you in waves, and that allows the secondary to make plays, can't he? This is not going to be pretty. This is not going to be... One of those Super Bowls that you're going to sit there and say, I remember where I was when we had one of the all-time great matchups ever. Mm. The Chiefs got through yesterday. I know that Mahomes will be a little bit healthier in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I understand what he is and how great he is. I'm sorry. The The Chiefs have a really good offensive line. They have a good defensive line. But that D-line is not going to be doing what they did yesterday against Philadelphia. This is not going to be close. Yeah, this is this has the potential
3: to be ugly. Uh, I mean, Carlin, I, I, I was stunned let, that let
2: this me, game opened up at a pick'em.
3: Yeah, I mean stunned. But I, I, I text you after the NFC Championship game, yep. and I told you, I said, no matter who wins the AFC Championship game, the Eagles are going to be favored because they are by far the more physical team. Whether they were going up against the Bengals, whether they were going up against the Chiefs, it didn't matter. The Eagles have the advantage on both the offensive line and the defensive line. The Eagles have a better secondary than the Kansas City Chiefs. The Eagles have a better linebacking core than the Chiefs. The Eagles have, Carlin, I would say a better skill position core Mm -hmm. than the Kansas City Chiefs when you factor in wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends. They have a better offensive line. I mean, the only places you would look and say that the Chiefs have an advantage... Would be the head coach and the quarterback. I mean, hell, Carlin. Even in the kicking game, I would probably call it a wash mm-hmm. between the two kickers. So I just I I struggle to find the clear and obvious advantages from a personnel standpoint that the Chiefs are bringing to the party beyond Pat Mahomes as the quarterback. And let me say this too: Jalen Hurts was an All Pro quarterback along with Pat Mahomes. Jalen Hurts was second team All Pro. The Kansas City Chiefs haven't seen a lot of quarterbacks. That can run like Jalen Hurts. And oh, by the way, one of the quarterbacks that they did see that can run like him, Josh Allen. How'd that go for the Kansas City Chiefs this year? Mm-hmm. How'd that go? He lit them up. Yeah. Didn't he go lit didn't, them up. didn't go too well.
2: No. I, I don't see where the Chiefs have a massively marked advantage over the opponent, except for and and I wouldn't even call it massive at this point based on what Jalen Hurts did this year. Uh, The only thing I could say is Andy Reid is probably a better coach, not probably, is a better coach just based on his history than Nick Sirianni, but Sirianni may be on his way there. Yeah. You know, based on what's happened so far, Chris, the biggest thing that really jumps out is how healthy the Eagles are. Yeah, They're incredibly healthy for this time of year, and I'm watching. And Jalen
3: Hurts is going to get more healthy or healthier, however you want to frame it, in these two weeks leading up to
1: the Super Bowl.
2: Mark my words this game will be determined by a minimum of 14 points.
1: Minimum. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin Podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.